more thick to the left Penetrating like Mike 360 degrees in the air like Dominique Mike Hey basketball fans, how are you and welcome to Shooting the Shot. I am your host tonight, my name is Robin, I'm with my esteemed colleagues Mark and Ryan and we're here to talk about the NBA and of course the main action right now is free agency. Give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Shooting the Shot. We got a new logo, new same old voices, same old insight, but a new look, looking sexier as always. And we're here just to provide that insight, you know, that you're looking for about the NBA. So tonight we're going to really delve into what's been going on in free agency, and we can't start with anything on this July 4th American Independence Day. But Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors shocked everybody i think i think there's nobody who expected this completely uh you know twitter is going crazy social media news stations are going crazy boys have at it give me your thoughts on kevin durant yes kevin durant leaving the only franchise he's ever known the supersonic slash the thunder to join the 73 win golden state warriors guys so are they gonna get 74 wins now is that what we're expecting how is this gonna play out I think I think it's pretty amazing. Like I think it, overall, I think it's great for the Warriors. I think it's going to be great for fans to watch. You know, probably arguably four of the top fifteen players in the league play together. Um, it, I don't think it's ever happened before in NBA history. Uh, yeah, and I really think it. You know, this signing shows how much confidence that uh, Durant had in OKC and Sam Presti. And it's something that I've been echoing for a really long time here on the podcast. Is that and Sam Presti sat on his hands for way too long, and it it got you know it got stale quick, and here we are, right? So, I think it's great for NBA fans. Um, obviously, I wish he went to anywhere else but the uh, Warriors because it'd be really really bizarre to see Kevin Durant putting up a three, and before it goes in, him celebrating with Curry and all them. Like I think that'd be totally bizarre. But yeah, I think it's I think it's it's amazing. I think it's it's going to be great basketball, but. You know, the question is now, where did the Thunder go? So, yeah, it's going to be right now for the Warriors. It's great. Thunder have a lot of questions. I love it because the joke, long-standing joke is that the Oklahoma City Thunder have been built on the burial and the gravesite of the Seattle Supersonics, which has always bugged me. And to see Oklahoma City just flounder under Sam Presti the past few seasons has really been amazing in a bad way to watch like we were talking before we came on the air here that Sam Presti had James Harden and Serge Ibaka and Kevin Durant and he's lost those guys for pennies on the dollar and yes they have Oladipo and Steven Adams to show for it but those are just starters they're not like superstars and they're not franchise guys and I think it's really it looks bad on Sam Presti that he's really taken four franchise-changing talents and only went to one finals and never won a championship. Uh, quick question, like just to throw it out there. Do you guys think that this season Presti's in the hot seat? It's yeah. burning up. It has to be, right, Mark? 
I agree. I, I, I've always agreed. I think that he should have been fired two years ago, but that's just me. Um, I've never been a fan of him. I think, like I said, um, sort of when I, I started this segment, that I, it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad that they had this much talent, like you were saying, Ryan, and he did nothing with it. He never put, you know, all those trades and free agency signings that they put around him. I mean, I think the most impressive one was Cantor, which says a lot. Like, I mean, you look at the Warriors, and I mean, they have Andrew Iguodala coming off the bench. They have guys, you look at the Cavs, and they have, you know, these impact players who make a difference, uh, you know, coming in and, and being able to, um, you know, make a difference. And I just never saw OKC had that. Sam Presti never surrounded uh, both Westbrook and Durant with guys to get them over the hump and that falls on him and it totally falls on him and yeah I, I think that um if this Westbrook thing doesn't uh doesn't work out doesn't pan out uh then yeah I think he's gone yeah I agree with you guys um yeah he's definitely gone uh to the question I don't like the move I'll tell, say it straight up I don't like the move at all um I don't live by the whole thing of you can't beat him join him I would have preferred Durantis, you know, look, you guys beat me last year. I'm coming back stronger this year. Be it with the Thunder, be it with another franchise. I, I don't like that style. Um, Taken to another level, I don't like it as well because it shrinks the league. Whereas last, this past season, the Thunder were a competitive force. Someone you would have said, yeah, they're probably a finals threat. They're no longer. You're basically looking at a league with two, maybe three teams who you could really say from right now or even the start of the season that these two or three teams, that's it pretty much have a legit shot at the championship um i don't like super teams i never have uh like i said it shrinks the league you're gonna walk into the season next year and there's about 10 teams who know they have no shot in hell no shot in hell of getting deep in the playoffs i don't want to rhyme them off right now but you guys could you know any fan out there can name off 10 teams right now there's no chance in hell so that's why i don't like the move um i mean i, I get it it's gonna be entertaining but I'll go on right here. I've never liked the style that the Golden State Warriors employ. Uh, I don't care for jump shooting. It's uh, it's cool what it is, but everyone's a jump shooter now, and uh, we're getting away from, you know, basketball. From what I know, you know, just QC kids in the park playing now. All they're doing is jacking up long long triples and running away, you know, because that's what they see. And I get it; they're impressionable, but I just don't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, Durant is going to be phenomenal. He is a phenomenal player, and with that team, they're going to be great. Am I giving them the championship right now? Hell no. There's a season and a whole playoffs to play. Crazy things happen. Crazy things have happened and do happen, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going on record here. I don't like the move. I wish Durant would have A, stayed, or B, went anywhere but there. And I wonder if this is going to be, because you know who else doesn't like these super teams is the commissioner, Adam Silver. And I think this is what's going to, you know, I think this is, case in point uh, uh probably the biggest example that he's going to bring up during the cba negotiations next time they come around is look we can't have these super teams because exactly oh. to your point robin is that um is that yeah uh, we, you're right you have all these teams that don't have a shot so this feeds into the bigger picture of what's going to happen in the next cba uh which is very interesting um but at the same time as much as i agree with you and, and i'm all for you know when you lose, you have that chip on the shoulder and you work harder, you dig deeper to get that team back. Like, you know, we'd never see Jordan teaming up with Isaiah or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I, I, at this point, I can't blame Durant for leaving because, you know, I would have loved to have seen it been like the Heat or Boston or something like that. I would have loved to have seen him gone to the East. But the franchise as a whole has done nothing to sort of, you know, 
solidify his confidence. And that's why, as much as I agree with you, I'm sort of soft on the subject because I don't blame him for leaving. And I don't blame Westbrook when he eventually leaves or will be traded. But do you do you okay? But sorry to cut you off, Ryan. But what if he went to Boston? What if he went to Miami? Okay, so I would have liked that. I would have been much better because he, I mean, if you guys read the Players Tribune or even did, his comments I, after, he said that uh, this was a uh, sort of a career development move. I wanted to evolve. I would have much preferred him to go to. Uh, it would have made sense if he went to a place like Miami. Because you have guys that you can learn from, like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and things like that. That would have made sense. And it would have been in the East where it would have made things a lot more different. And it would have been a great storyline to see, oh, well, now we kind of have a new big three to take on the Cavs. That would have been a very interesting storyline. I think as like sort of like we're not really – I mean I don't, I'm not one to call myself a journalist. But at the same time, those storylines intrigue me a lot more than, you know – than teaming up with like this super this team that was already a super team, you know. Backtracking a bit, sorry there, Robert and Mark. I love what Mark said about the new CBA because sitting in the commissioner's press conference at All Star Weekend, he made it very clear he's not a fan of these super teams. And like Robin was saying, it's about competitive balance. You want more than a handful of teams to have somewhat of a shot at the championship. And going into next season is really Golden State's to lose. The Cavs will represent the East, and it's kind of old but decided at this point. So I'm worried that even though there's all this money and the, and the game is great and ratings are high and yada, 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 I'm wondering what the commission can do for this competitive balance. And keeping these super teams from forming. Yeah, that and then again to my main point, that that's my big fear in this whole process. To me it just shrinks the league. The talent is only in the certain certain places. Yeah. You know, the, there is no more parity. Um, and, and I just fear for the game because really we're big basketball fans and I'm telling you right now that if I didn't tune in till, you know, January, February, it wouldn't shock me because Really, I, I kind of can foresee what's going to happen outside of injuries or whatever. So what's what entices me to watch, like, I don't know, Sacramento versus Memphis on a Wednesday night? Yeah, you're Not, right. You know, and that's and I'm just talking from a competitive vantage and just a overall, like, you look at it as your product, the NBA Adam Silver. This is your product. This is what you're putting out there. And it's the NBA. It'll make money. But over time, if you allow this to persist, I think you're you're, you're going down the wrong path. Um, I think there needs to be more competitive balance in this league. There is enough talent, I believe, in the NBA to find that. How do you, how do you, you know, institute that and enforce it? That's not for me to decide. But I just like from a main point as a reaction for what happened today. I don't like to move for that main reason, pretty much. But let's move on as life goes, and let's let's talk about what he's left in his rear view now, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. You have we mentioned it briefly, Russell Westbrook, uh, free agent next summer. The, the future of him, the future of the team. Your guys' thoughts on the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they stand now, and what does the future hold for this franchise? I'm excited for them. I, like, I'm excited for Russell Westbrook because now he's given the keys. We've always talked about that sort of power struggle between him and Durant. And, you know, we always thought that Durant should be the leader, but he was always kind of passive. And we know that Westbrook's uh, personality and also competitive edge and aggressiveness is completely different from that of Durant's so now I'm very interested to see what happens when you give him the keys right now you have it he's wide open he's it could be 
amazing or it could be disastrous because we've seen it go both ways for Durant or excuse me for Westbrook where it's he jacks up a whole bunch of shots and they don't go in or he's the aggressive go to the net and just no one can stop him uh Westbrook so I'm very excited for that unfortunately though who rebounds for this team now who is the rim protector there they, they have a lot more holes to fill now that Durant's not there and Ibaka so they are not going to be I, I agree with I believe was it you Robin who said that they're not going to be a playoff team next year I I kind of agree with it but I'm also excited to see uh what happens when Westbrook is is given the green light I love the idea of Westbrook being on a team for at least next season hopefully longer because he'll put up like video game stats. It'll be oh, yeah. amazing. But I don't know that we'll get to see that. I think from what I've heard through Twitter, I'm not going to say I have sources that I've been reading on Twitter, that Presti and Westbrook are going to meet within the next week. If Westbrook turns down a five-year max extension, which David Aldridge is reporting he will not want to do, then I think Presti has to trade Westbrook. And you may say, well, why would anyone trade for him? Well, if they trade for him this summer, they'll have the chance to give him a five-year max next summer. So a team like the Celtics or a team like the Lakers would be wise to try and get Westbrook now, get him for next season, and then be able to give him the five-year max, which is a huge chip to dangle over other teams. So I don't know. I... I hope that Westbrook stays with Oklahoma City. But at this point in time, I can see Danny Ainge and Boston kind of knocking down Presti's door with a huge offer of Brooklyn's pick and Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart that will get Oklahoma City listing. Because if you're Presti and you're not sure you're going to be able to keep Westbrook, you got to get something of value for him. And if you get uh, a rebuilding tank job next season, so your own top five draft pick, and you get Brooklyn's pick, that's a good base to build on alongside with Oladipo and Adams. This trade, if if it does happen, and I, from what we're reading, everything like that, it seems like it's going to be intimate. It looks like they're going to be, uh, you know, fielding calls for Westbrook. It is going to be job defining for Sam Presti, depending on what he gets back. If it's a good haul. Yeah, he saved himself some time. If it's not, this is probably going to be his last season. I'm going to take it even further. If this doesn't work out, this could be the start of the ending of the Oklahoma City franchise as we know it. Um, Oklahoma City is, is a big fan town. I get that. But if their product starts to struggle and if they don't have Westbrook, I don't see how they, they will be successful unless they really pull in some solid players. But is that is is that... I want to say, is that group of fans, is that city ready for a rebuild? Because let's, let's for conversation's sake, yeah, they trade them to the Lakers, right? What are you going to get from the Lakers? A bunch of young talent, probably, because that's all Lakers have, right? Cool. Are they ready to, to kind of look, chill in the basement of the league for at least another two, three years before these guys mature up and play together and all that? Well, I would I hope so. You would hope so, but I'm just wondering if they're, you know, because they, they've been successful the past, what, five, six years. Since are they, they moved to OKC. Yeah, they've been great. So is is that group, is that organization, are the fans ready to just say, okay, we're going to take a couple years of rebuilding because our GM wasn't able to really put things together the right way when he had the opportunity? And then to the second point, if you are to keep Presti, what gives you faith that this guy can really make things work? Because you, you had like two, three, maybe four pieces of gold, and, and you've watched them kind of tarnish, as you've seen. So what gives me faith as a fan to say, okay, Mr. GM Presti, you know, you have all these young core pieces. Like, you know, how are you going to, you know, 
grow them together, make them mesh and all that. Because I don't really have a lot of faith in my GM considering your current track record. Yeah. Well, when it definitely comes to uh, – yeah, uh, you, I agree with you. Um, I, I've never had faith in Sam Presti, as you guys know. So this is – this doesn't surprise me at all um, that the, he's in this situation. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, for the most part that um, that he will be able to get this franchise through a rebuild. But – for the OKC, you know, fans to be that entitled and say, "Whoa, whoa, hold on a second, we can't go through a rebuild." Uh, sorry, that's how it rolls in the NBA. Like, you guys had it great as soon as you got as soon as that team moved into the the Chesapeake Arena. So, I think they need to sort of hold their horses there when it comes to you know not wanting a rebuild. I, I, I'm with Mark on that one too. Sorry to cut you out there, Robin, but no. Oklahoma and Loud City, they're known as being like a college kind of town and community. I think that they would be okay with a rebuild as long as they had faith in the GM running it. And I think leading to what we've talked about this podcast, I think if a GM could sell this rebuild and if the fans trusted the GM, it would go smoothly. And I don't know. I, I don't know if Pressy's that guy at this point because for what Robin said and what Marcus uh, has said, I think there has to be a lot of doubt in Presti at this point in time. So two things before we go for it. First, I'm just going to say, yes, I, if Westbrook stays, I think the Oklahoma City Center make the playoffs. Uh, the West isn't as great as it used to be. And then second thing, a quick question for you. Um, do you uh, For both of you, sorry. <clears throat> Is Kevin Durant going to be viewed as a villain now? And to that, will he be booed voraciously when he returns to Oklahoma City? Yeah. I, I don't yes, think yes so. Yes, both? Or? So, okay, so let's put this in two questions. So will he be viewed as the villain in OKC? Yeah, of course. It's just like anything, right? Um, but around the league? Around uh, the rest of the league? No, I don't think around the league. Um, I think that like when Bosch left Toronto, everyone was sort of you know hurt, and they booed him, and they gave him a hard time and stuff like that. But around the league, I don't think anyone's going to care. Um, I think it, it league-wise, though, this is a soft move. Like, I think that everyone's going to be like, ah, so this guy really isn't the leader and really isn't like, you know, that sort of, um, you know, take charge sort of guy that everyone was hoping for. Uh, that's the way I view it anyway. He's, you know, he's he's ring chasing. It's not like LeBron going to South Beach because he was the leader. He's not. Durant's not the leader on this team. He won't be. I don't think he is. It's going to be Curry's team. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'm with you, Robin. I'm not a fan that he went to to the Warriors, but yeah, I think that league wise, it's going to be looked at as yeah, he's settled, you know, and he, he's really not that competitive guy that uh, everyone sort of hoped that he was. <laughs> I disagree. Just to be really, <laughs> yeah, because I don't see why him going to Golden State to play with some buddies and to almost lock in a championship makes him soft. I think that makes him a winner who wants to win and wants to have fun with his buddies doing it. I think there's a time ever playing with Westbrook maybe got old, and West, he wants to play with a point guard or teammates to get the ball more often. Should I would be surprised Warriors. if Durant's scoring goes up next season. To be, to be Really? Honest. There's not enough ball on that no. team. Okay, there's not well, enough ball on that team. Okay, we'll see. Now, the other thing is, Financially, I know he left some money on the table in Oklahoma City, but he's going to Silicon Valley. There's a ton of stuff off the court that will help subsidize that. We've talked about LeBron at length. Most of these these guys make their money off the court. I think there's more money to be made in Silicon Valley than there is in Oklahoma City. On top of that, you talked about it earlier, how these guys are buddy buddies and yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what that is? It's because of Nike and USA Basketball. Nike has to be loving 
that Durant is out of Oklahoma City into a larger market. And more importantly, boys, who is he going to cast a shadow on? Steph Curry and Under Armour. So from a business standpoint, this makes sense. Doesn't make him soft. And he does so- make him soft. Oh, I disagree. Makes him soft. Business-wise, whatever, man. Business on, but on the court, soft. Sherman yeah, soft? You know, I, yeah, I, I'll agree with Mark. Baby's breath a, soft. Man. As, a, as a basketball player, it's soft because you are taking the easy way out. It's the team you, that beat you. It's the yeah, team, the that, team beats that beats you. You, you were you up know, 3-1, and they came exactly. back, and this is the team that beats you, and you're like, and you just rolled over. Go to go to the heat. If you wanted to be competitive, you wanted to, okay, this time I'm going to meet you into the finals that's if that's what it is go to the heat play in the east and then work your butt off to get to the finals and play them in the finals that would be super badass i would have much more respected that than what he did to go to that team that beat him don't go to the team that beat you that's soft i agree with that because you know to me you're taking the easier way out because now when you go there you have a lighter load than you've been carrying all this time so what are you saying you're you're tired of this you can't do this anymore look when lebron james left miami he left what squad to join what he that's right going on there and he he's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm ready to do the heavy lifting. I don't care what it is I did it in Miami, and I want to bring a title back to my city. And I don't care what I have to do. I'm gonna do it. And the man did it. Yep. So all respect for LeBron. And yeah, I definitely lost some respect from for Kevin Durant. Of course, process. not the team that beats you, man. Not the team no, that not beats that you. Team. That's like that's like getting your your butt kicked from like a rival like person in your neighborhood, only to like join him afterwards like oh i got my butt you know what i mean like there's no like like it's crazy it is though it's like it doesn't make any sense like why would you go and join him after you just got your butt kicked like don't you like you gotta have more stones you gotta have more self-respect than that right and if yeah, but that rival buys you a beer, beer free beer you gotta go for free beer what I, you both were talking go ahead ryan if that rival buys you a beer you can go for free beer oh man Oh man, no, this is so soft. Like I, I'm, I'm, so I'm just funny. Let's go to the Spurs of Pau Gasol, boys. Yeah, let's talk about that, guys. Definitely. Uh, oh yeah, this is right up your alley. You're stoked to talk about this. Yeah, I'm, so you're chomping at the bit. About three, four teams were chasing Pau Gasol. Naturally, he waited for the big domino, as in Kevin Durant, to fall, and immediately he chose to sign with the champs, the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Two <laughs> years, thirty million. The champs of the NBA. No, okay. <laughs> Not current, but overall, they're one of the best teams and franchises in pro sport. And he made the right move because he's going to get a lot of playing time. Rumor has it, and I don't want to get into it too deep. I might get a tear in the eye that Tim Duncan might be leaning towards retirement. Regardless, Pau Gasol is going to play a lot. He's going to be very effective for that team. I think Uh, it's the the best move for him, I think, playing with Portland or Toronto. I think this is – he obviously wants a ring, doesn't have – well, sorry, he has what? He has two with the Lakers. He obviously wants to get another one before he goes. I'm sure he has a few years. So I think for Pau Gasol, it was the best move. A few years? He's 35. Like how effective do you think he's going to be? Hey man, he played pretty well oh, last. Was Duncan? He was okay until uh, the last few. Duncan's uh, different, games. man. This is a guy that they like. They've rested over the years. This is different. This is a guy that's thirty-five. Look how effective David West was. They're the same age. I, I disagree with you, Mark. Pau Gasol is better player than David West. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, well, right? Pau like they, this, they, they've tried this before. Guy. I'm just saying that they've tried this before, and what? David West didn't really work out. He took less money. I agree with you that Pau Gasol is a better player, but at the same time, he's thirty-five. That's all. Like, uh, well, again, they're not depending on him. He's their third or fourth. They're option. not depending on him. Exactly. He's, He's a veteran guy in the locker room. Exactly. And he can it's, facilitate the offense into the post. I think. 
It and makes it, sense for that franchise, considering where he is and what, what else they have on that team. It makes sense. It works out. Honestly, he would have been eaten alive if he came to Toronto because oh, they would need a lot out of him here. Let's same not talk with, about Toronto. Same with Let's not go there. But same with Portland. They would have needed a lot out of him. They have nobody really big inside. Whereas in San Antonio, he could be hidden behind a LaMarcus Aldridge, behind um, Banyanovic. They could be, he could be behind him. So Pagasol's not going to be dependent on or asked to even give them 15 and 10. If he gives them, what, 10 and 6 and 3 blocks a game or a block a game, more than enough. Okay, I'm, I, I'm glad to see that your your expectations aren't as well, lofty. Fuck. Like, I'm thinking, like, you guys are going to give up stats like he was on the Bulls. It's not going to happen. Nope. And he doesn't need to because look at the Bulls team. He had, there's nobody else. So he was dependent on heavily. Here in San Antonio, he's not going to be dependent on heavily. It's a good move for him and for the franchise. No, I agree with you. I'm not saying it's a bad move. I'm just saying you've got to consider his age. At some point, you have to consider that he's 35. And there's a lot of miles on that odometer. He's been to a lot of playoffs. Same with Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Like, look at them. They're still going. So I can't hate on age because those guys are talented players. Wow, the Spurs seem to have figured it out, right? Uh, they're the only franchise that does in the NBA. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> You're such a homer. Hey, I can't, I can't, can't argue with results. All you right, guys, you guys are both jerks, by the way. I'm Why? 36. Life does not end at 34 or 35. There I have go. faith in Pau Gasol. Oh, how how many games did you start in the NBA last year, Ryan? <laughs> I was drinking too much beer and pizza, boys. Yeah, so I'm just saying, right? Like your miles on your odometer are a little bit different than Pau Gasol. And my sandals couldn't be uh, regulated <laughs> to fit on the court, so I couldn't oh, play on my sandals. No, because they scuff, right? So before we get carried even further away, let's get back on topic here and let's talk a little about some other free agency moves. And uh, let's address the New York Knicks. Today they announced that they had signed uh, Brandon Jennings to, I believe, a one-year deal. Guys, your thoughts on everything the Knicks have done? I mean, talk about a makeover. I like it. Don't you? Like, I like it. Like, I think it's, Uh, I think like this, if it works out and everyone's healthy, that's the big, obviously the big question mark and the big elephant in the room. But I mean, Derek Rose, Joachim Noah, Jennings to back them up. And then Courtney Lee is a really sneaky pick that Ryan, you and I were talking about off the air. And I really like that, uh, that signing. So, I mean, they added to their depth. Um, I mean, if you're Carmelo Anthony, you've got to be really happy and you've got to be happy in the franchise because, I mean, this is the first time that they've actually surrounded you with some real talent. Uh, and you got to be excited. And I think that I think you're going to actually see a more energized Mellow next year because of these moves. They're actually, I think the Knicks are going to benefit from this through Mellow. I love that Phil Jackson is building a team. So you take a risk on Derrick Rose, who's playing a contract year, but then you sign a great backup in Brennan Jennings, who could start those 10 to 15 games if Rose misses. He can also play 25-plus minutes a game, which would keep Rose's minutes to 30 to 35 a game, which is a lot more manageable than when he was in Chicago playing almost 40 a night. So that's smart. Courtney Lee is a 3-and-D guy. You have Joakim Noah for his veteran leadership and his defense. And you let Porzingis take the next step forward in his evolution and growth as a player. And Melo can be the king of New York and just shoot the lights out. I love what they're building, and I love how all the pieces fit together. Yeah, I'm, I said it in last week's podcast. I love what the Knicks are doing. I'm a fan this year. I've never really liked the Knicks. I'm not a fan of Carmelo Anthony. I've always said that. But I really like what Phil Jackson has done. You guys have said it. All the guys they've added. It's a remake of the roster. They're going to be competitive. Uh, you know, you throw an Al Horford to Boston, the the uh, Atlantic Division has just gotten that much more, that much better for NBA fans. Uh, you know, it's 
been referred to many times as a Titanic division. I think this year you're going to see you got three pretty solid teams there who are going to be battling it out for top spot. Um, so I'm really happy with what the Knicks, Knicks have done. Um, yeah, I, I think the Knicks are a playoff team if healthy, obviously, and uh, I'm excited about that fact. You know, Madison Square Garden, obviously New York, the mecca of basketball. It's great for the league. You know, I talked earlier in this podcast about how the league is shrinking, but a story like this to me is, is a very good story. It's a bright light for Adam Silver and his tenure of this league, and uh, I really hope it works out because it's just great for, for – it's a great story all around. You know who this is going to be really good for? Sorry, before we move on here. And and to learn from uh, these guys because they're they're veterans at this point in their career is Porzingis man, yeah. uh, the young guy who now can lean on uh, Noah for tips and you know and Rose and Jennings and these guys that have sort of battled within the playoffs and and have these war stories is Porzingis is going to be you know he's going to be ready he's going to be prepared and now he has guys that he can go to that can mentor him I think he's going to benefit uh, huge from from these acquisitions. That's a great point. So we've been talking all the positive and what's great in the NBA. Well, let's look at the, some of the lesser likes and what's wrong in the NBA. And we're going to pick on two franchises in particular. The Sacramento Kings, what a mess. The Chicago Bulls, what a mess. Uh, Guys, give it to me. Your thoughts on both, either or, hit me. Ryan, you go ahead. I on our last podcast, I talked about Rajon Rondo being a good fit on in the situation. Oh. I don't know how the Bulls are that fit. I, I I know he'll get some looks, but I can't see him being a good fit in that locker room and with those young, impressionable players. I think that's really boneheaded move. Even though he led the NBA in assists last season, his style of play where he kind of goes into his own stats, I think will have a negative impact on Chicago's young, impressionable players. So... That's bad, but I think the Kings are worse because you have a bunch of knuckleheads and head cases in that locker room. And Dave, <laughs> Coach Yeager is walking into a firestorm. You got Willie Colley Stein, who's very eclectic, we'll call him. Boogie Cousins, who's, <laughs> I'll be nice and call him a strong personality. Matt Barnes is just like off the rails. And I'm talking that they want to get Dion Wears in that mix. So. I don't know what the Kings are doing. I don't know what Vlade Divac is doing. I know that Boogie Cousins is going to want out of there in a hurry. I know that Rajon Rondo isn't a great option, but when you're choosing to go as with Darren Collison as your starting point guard, I just I, I shake my head and I, I don't know what the Kings are doing. It's a complete mess. Mark, what's your take? Um, okay, my take is this: is that um, is everyone just going to guard Jimmy Butler for in Chicago? Because no one else on that team can really shoot. Um, I just feel like like teams are just going to go in and just triple team Jimmy Butler. Who uh, else starts for that team? You got Rondo Butler, and I don't even know who's going to start. Uh, what's his name? The McCrotic? Uh, what's his exactly. Name? You can't even name a, a third starter. That's a mess. Yeah, no, the team's a mess. You're right. I, it's sad because it's such a storied franchise, and you just you're just like oh, and, and we're so used to the Bulls being that competitive Bulls team, and they're always in the mix for the playoffs and stuff like that. It's such a weird, it's so weird to see them like this, like just in sh- like just a shambles. They're so disorganized, and it's just I feel terrible for Jimmy Butler because he's such a good player and he's being wasted on that team at this point. But Sacramento has always been a mess. I think that at this point the NBA is regretting letting them stay in Sacramento and not moving them. Um, and I, I think the Boogie Cousins, I'll give it 10 games before he asks for a trade. 
Like he's going to go. Like he's going to have to demand it because uh, what more can he do? I mean, how many centers do they have? <laughs> Why do they have so many bigs? Do they have Boogie Cousins? Why yeah, are you constantly drafting bigs? bigs? Hey, Mark, you, yeah. What's the over under on on games before Boogie punches somebody or hits somebody? Oh man, he's gonna. Well, like, who, so they have Barnes, um, Boogie, Willie Colley uh, Stein. Willie Colley Stein. Two bigs. bigs. Uh, who'd they get? Scal Labissiere and I don't know. I don't care. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to be rude, but I just that team's uh, they draft terrible, and I think he's gonna punch a rookie. I think that's a boogie move. <laughs> boogie would punch a rookie for sure. I'd be ha- so happy. He punch I'd be, I'd be so Barnes, happy. He's probably scared of Barnes. But the thing is, that team's gonna be scary though. Like that team's just gonna shove around. Like they're just gonna shove people around. Like they're not gonna care. <laughs> Like, Imagine be... if they trade uh, Rudy Gay, probably the one stabilizing vet for Monte Ellis. So true. Oh, I don't even know. Monte Ellis in the mix is going to be amazing. I, I hope it happens. Like, I want the Kings roster just to be full of like combustible guys. personalities. Yeah, like it's hilarious. Yeah, it's quite a disaster. I mean, uh, let me just start quickly with Chicago. And I, I've said this not recently, but in a past podcast where I completely blame ownership for everything, they've, how they've destroyed this once promising franchise. And I'm not even talking that long ago. Uh, I remember they were in the conference finals against, uh, I think it was Miami, in 06 with Wade and them beat the Mavericks. And they look great. Um, it's a shame what's happened. Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes was uh, letting Tom Thibodeau go. You guys will probably agree with that. You know, yeah. bringing, in, bringing in, you know, former player slash Iowa coach Fred Hoiberg. I mean, nothing against him personally. He's a nice guy. I've met him a few times. But just he, he wasn't ready for the roster that they had. More veteran guys trying to listen to a rookie coach. And now you just got this whole, you know, hodgepodge of, of players. You know, you got Rondo and Butler, like Taj Gibson. I, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be really sad for Chicago Bulls fans this year. Um, and in terms of Sacramento, like, oh, what a train wreck. I mean, yeah, Boogie Cousins, I, I hope for his sake he gets the hell out of there. I don't know how because he's the only thing that franchise has. Yeah, really. Uh, and has had for how many years. So it's a disaster. I mean, those are two teams I, I don't even want to hear about. I don't even give a flying you-know-what to watch I just, them. I just I really know. like I, – I just really love DeMarcus Cousins, man. I love his game. He's like he's a, great, he's a great player, but it's like, man, like the guy's going to put up 30 and 20 if he likes, but it won't mean anything. They're still going to lose. You know, it's a disaster what they got going on. Vladi Divac, Vivek Randall, uh, those guys really need to step aside. And I, and I wish the NBA would move that franchise or just get it into some some hands with some logic. You yeah, know? like well, it's 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 in that fan, that fan, the fans of Sacramento are wild. Who will never forget the Paige Stoyakovich, Hedo Turkoglu. Yeah, that's okay. right. Early 2000s, that, that place was rocking, and the, the franchise was exciting, and it's been an utter disaster ever since. And frankly, I don't see them getting out of this. I don't see any, like, there's no ownership that has any hope. You know what I mean? It's just such a sad situation. Why don't they just move to Vegas? Vegas just got an NHL team. Put yeah. the NBA team right in there, too. Just do it. So their starting lineup right now, before we go, right now potentially, is DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, Darren Collison, Ben Mclemore, he probably Barnes. starts. Uh, Barnes, yeah. Or uh, they also got a Flalo, right? So yeah, they did. Oh my gosh, it's just like spare parts. Um, yeah, it is. And I, and I hope for Rudy Gay's sake, he gets traded because I knew I knew he was frustrated last year. And I, I, I like you guys alluded to. I heard you know the rumors of him being traded to the Pacers. I hope for his sake he goes to the Pacers. The Pacers are even better than they already are. Jeez. So uh, yeah, it's a disaster. What, what a horrible situation. Oh, just yeah. 
Before anyway. we go on, though, guys, just a, a quick thought there. I remember Bill Simmons when he was doing Grantland still, so probably about two years ago, had Boogie in for an interview during All-Star Weekend, and he genuinely said, Boogie, can you name all the point guards you've had in the NBA? And DeMarcus Cousins couldn't because it's been just a rotating thing. Like last year, you had Rajon Rondo. This year, you have uh, Darren Carlson. And then a couple of years ago, like every year has been different. Uh, and then he asked, how, well, how many coaches have you had? And it's been like an endless list of coaches. I can't help but think if you took DeMarcus Cousins out of that instability and mess, put him in South Beach with Pat Riley and Spolstra and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, I think you would see a lot more maturity and you would see a complete superstar. So I hope for Boogie that he can end up in South Beach somehow this season. Playing beside Whiteside? Oh. yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, well, look what they got out of Whiteside who flamed out in Sacramento. So if they can turn Whiteside into that, um, hey, trade Whiteside for Boogie. There you go. Uh, Look, I'll say this much. DeMarc Cousins, if he can go to any one of the other 29 other franchises, he'll be much better than the situation he's in now. I don't I don't care where he would end up. Just it's it's a shame that Just we're no seeing Chicago. like yeah, I guess not, but like it's like his prime years are essentially being wasted. Yeah, you're right. You know, and that's a sad part uh, in terms of being a fan of the game and you know, we're all fans of the player himself and this guy is, you know, he, he's putting up every night and you know, I know he's got attitude issues and stuff. But sometimes I always think, like, you know, you can't really blame him for how he feels. Look at the, look at the, what this guy is doing on a nightly basis. This franchise has no clue what it's doing. Like, a bunch of elementary school kids, it seems, are running this this franchise. It's so bad. Like, there is no basketball sense and proper basketball moves being made. Uh, say what you will, but a lot of players don't necessarily always turn out to be great management. And, and I'm seeing this with Vladi Divox already. All right, folks, that will do it for this edition of... The podcast with our brand new name, our brand new look. Yes, we are now shooting the shot. I am your host, Robin. With me, of course, my esteemed colleagues, Mark and Ryan. And we will be back to give you another informed chat about the NBA and the goings-on. We thank you for listening. And also look for us on iTunes. Download us. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you love. Probably me. Who knows? Anyhow, thank you, folks, for listening. We'll see you soon. Called up the homies and I'm asking y'all, which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court and I'm troubled. Last week, messed around and got a triple-double. Freaking brothers every way like MJ. I can't believe today was a good day.